It's October 1st, which means it's officially spooky season. Uh, Chicago residents learned about Halloween safety guidelines by Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, today, but she was dressed as none other than the Rona Destroyer. I just showed you guys the costume. It was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> since it's spooky season, uh, this month's questions are all going to deal with Halloween. Tonight, we're going to play a round of F. Marion Kill with Count Chocula, Boo Berry, and Frankenberry. And since I sprung this on you guys, I'm going to go first because I've thought about this long and hard. Uh, first off, I'm going to put a ring on Booberry because that one is my favorite. Frankenberry, I'm going to F because I, I do like me some strawberries. So that means I'm going to kill off Count Chocula. Lydia, what about you? You came up with a really, really weird question to start this off with. Just so you know. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> um... Uh... Man, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm going to have to say F Count Chocula because, okay, sure, why not? Mary Booberry because, yeah, and then kill the, the last one because that just sounds like a bad idea to do either one of the other things with them. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to marry Frankenstein. I don't want to <laughs> F Frankenstein. I'm good. Just... Matt. I. This is definitely the last that I expected after the day I had. <laughs> You're um, welcome. Yeah, right? Um, I, I guess I'm going to marry Count Chocula because, I mean, it's really the only one of those cereals that I enjoy. Um, I have to kill Frankenberry just on the fact that it's strawberries, and if I don't kill it, it's going to kill me, so... <laughs> Uh, so I guess that leaves Booberry to F? I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> By process of elimination. And Tabitha. Uh, so, <laughs> I forgot about killing Matt with the, with the strawberries, but <laughs> that aside, I'm marrying Count Chocula because, again, it's the only one of those that I enjoy. I'm killing Booberry. Because I know someone who looks like the blueberry cereal box, <laughs> and that's all I can think about, so I can't eat blueberry cereal anymore. So I guess I'm F and Frankenberry. You, I'm just you're gonna have to leave the house. <laughs> I like how we all ended up with different combinations of that too. Yeah, like none of us had the same answer. Y'all, I cannot look at. I can't even look at the blueberry cereal box anymore. It's so upsetting. Uh, I know two humans who look like that stereo box, and it just <laughs> can't take it. Uh, this was fun, guys. I'm glad we did. <laughs> <laughs>
leading towards a potential Spider-Verse movie that people have been wanting ever ever since, really, since Tom Holland came on board. Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess I kind of want your guys' thoughts. I mean, what do you what do you think about this addition to the third movie? Is he going to kill Peter Parker? <laughs> I think she's going to ask that. <laughs> I mean, That's really maybe. my only question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... I'm not mad that Jamie Foxx is back as this character because <laughs> I did actually intentionally watch the two Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies just out of pure curiosity. And Jamie Foxx is a really good actor. I'm just kind of hoping that as part of the MCU, they revise the costume, like the outfit a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like that was not my favorite part of, of that. I don't know. I, I think this is in part leading towards the like that Sinister Six or Spider-Verse type of thing that like has been on like the minds of fans since kind of the beginning of Spider-Man movies. So yeah, I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield movies because I can't watch them because he bugs the crap out of me. Like I, he's just not Peter Parker. To me. So uh, like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know who this character is, but yeah, I feel like if they're going to bring him into the MCU, they probably need to do some changes to the character the overall just to make it fit. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like I I need to know more information, but they've they've got my attention. So, that's that's all I'm going to say about that. So, uh Matt, you've got a couple of things that uh when I saw your stories annoyed me. And the first one is about the L.A. Comic Con, which is still going to be a thing? Yeah, apparently they're still going to go ahead and do L.A. Comic Con. Um, Our friend actually shared this with Tabitha and I via text um, last week. Beginning of this week? I don't know. They're all running together. Um, Basically, the L.A. Comic Con is still going to happen in December of this year, um, which just seems so, I, I don't know. I just don't understand. Um, they have been said that over the past six months, they've been struggling with the question. Um, they, it kind of sounds like they're going to try and do like socially distant mask wearing um, for the Comic-Con, but they're still kind of expecting like, something like 50,000 people for this. Actually, it says last year's event drew 100,000 people. My, I don't know. My biggest question is, like, there's going to be people that go to this. Like, there just are. Mm -hmm. Because that's the the world we live in. These people are going to go anyways, whether it's a safe or intelligent idea or not. But what kind of vendors are you actually going to get to, like, be in artist alley or like celebrities that are going to want to take photos with people like mask wearing or not. Like you're going to have, are you going to have socially distance photo ops where like you're on the opposite side of the frame from said celebrity? Is that going to cost less because you're not actually touching said celebrity? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Probably not. No, probably not at all. <sighs> I'd actually pay more for those because it's always super awkward when they touch you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just like don't touch the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I guess somewhat props to them for trying to make it COVID friendly, but it's like, nah, bro. Like, no, just, 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 no. Like, nothing take- else has happened this year. Like, no other con right. has happened since this has happened. Like, why are you different? Like, you're not. Like, who's going to show up? Are the celebrities going to show up? Because most celebrities are on social media talking about how they haven't left their houses. Like, are you going to do like panels where everybody's like zoomed in? Like I could do that from home. Right. Like if, if I'm not mistaken, the only big event that's happened across the country since March is the Sturgis bike rally. And they're saying that something like 250,000 cases of COVID are related to that one event for a weekend. Yeah. Like this just spells disaster. Like, yeah, you can, you can socially distance all you want. 50,000 people in one space is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's no social distancing with that many people. No, absolutely not. Like, and yeah, and like, you can't tell me that any kind of show floor, artist alley, whatever, like, people are still like, gonna crowd around. Like, yep. what, you're gonna tell me that people are really going to wait in line, you know, like six feet apart to get whoever's autograph at a, at a table. Like, nah, bro, it's not, that's not happening. Yeah. And you're not, I mean, there's, you're not going to be able to, I mean, you might be able to expand like the space between tables because you're probably going to have less vendors. Mm -hmm. Right. No, people are, people are not, people in the grocery stores are not respecting this, let alone is something like this. And you'd like to think that there are certain, parts of society that would pay more attention to things like that but as much as nerds and geeks like are cognizant of these things like when it comes to cons it's a different ball game totally there's Mm -hmm. so many people that (laughs) completely forget that boundaries are a thing especially with like cosplayers and stuff they don't care if they know you or they don't or they don't ask permission they just run and they hug yeah yeah in normal times yeah that's awesome but yeah no, I want, I want nothing to do with this. And I'm glad that, you know, I live how many miles away from LA. So like, there's already zero chance of me going, but like, even, <laughs> like, even if I lived in LA right now, like I'd still like, I'm not interested at all. No. So, uh, Matt, you've got something else that annoyed me. Uh, and that has to do with the justice league. <laughs> when, you know, when you started that whole segue about things that annoy you, or like, I, I really didn't know where you were going with this. Um, there, was a po- there was multiple possibilities. Um, so as we all know, Zack Snyder's Justice League director's cut, I guess as it's now being called, is going to happen. Um, but this was originally a rumor, and I have seen it reported again elsewhere, um, that uh, they're doing reshoots for this director's cut justice league to the tune of $70 million. So That's a lot of money. Right? how much did the original movie cost? Uh, that I don't know, but I mean, they're talking Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher. Like these celebrities are coming back to do reshoots for more scenes, it, you know, and this is already, HBO Max has already said that this is going to be four hour long episodes, which is absurd. 
anyways. But now you're just, you're going to do more footage? 300 million. Oh my God. That's Let's just see. too much combined. And you know that the 70 million is not like, you know, with, with movie, with like movie studios, that's never a hard cap. Like, it's not like, oh, nope. You've got seventy million and one dollars. You you have to turn off a light bulb. Like that's not how it works. Like right. if it goes over the seventy million, they're just gonna they're just gonna pay it. Yeah. Like so you're talking a four hundred million dollar movie? Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And also considering the fact that like you know, like this I was kinda of under the impression that with like the director's cut, quote unquote, like there'd be minimal work, like maybe like, hey, we can do this special effect that I wanted to do, but we couldn't do beforehand, you know, not like, Hey, let's create reshoot the movie. Exactly. I, part of me says at this point, like if they really were that unhappy with like, okay, Zack Snyder had a family tragedy. He had to step down, but which I understand and is awful that he had to deal with. But if the studio just wasn't going to be happy with the finished product, then they should have just shelved the whole thing instead of just finishing it and now having to go back and basically redo the whole thing. Exactly. And kind of like I've talked before, I mean, like, it's not like the Snyder Cut is going to make this any more canon than, than the original movie, especially the fact that, you know, like, they're planning on rebooting the whole franchise anyway. So Right. Like, with, yeah, yeah. With, the, well, with the Flash movie, they're basically hitting the reset button is that right what they're talking Mitch that's that's what the rumor is so it's like so yeah so why I don't know maybe I'm biased because there's a lot of things about the Snyder Cut that I'm just not here for so maybe it's just not for me but it's like I'm not interested at all no no my my interest the interest that I did have is continuing to wane and now that uh, Bruce Wayne um, (laughs) (laughs) I would shame value you but I know you had a really long day so you get that one I get a freebie thanks Uh, but the longer this takes and the more that is just being added to this just makes you know my interest less and less a uh, bunch of press releases this week. I'm going to go through these kind of quickly. Um, so first off, Z2 Comics has announced a collaboration with group Major Laser for an original graphic novel, novel titled Major Laser Year Negative One. It's going to be out, out March 2021. Uh, so this book follows Major Laser, who is a one-armed Jamaican zombie war commando on a mission to free the universe with music. There is huh? so much going on there. <laughs> there is so much going on there, but like I am here for all of it. It's that this sounds amazing. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna find out in March. I mean, one of my biggest is what instrument is he gonna play with one arm? Um, you can drum with one arm. You can drum, yeah. I guess you could technically play trumpet. What are those little finger symbols? Casten, castanets. Yeah. You could just straight up tambourine. Tambourine. Yeah. Basically yeah. basically any percussion instrument you could probably do. I mean, yeah. Moving on, uh Oni Lion Forge has announced their children's and young adult spring lineup for 2021. Uh it's gonna include Lemonade Code, which is a 
own voices uh, middle grade graphic novel. It follows a young uh, genius desperate for cash to fund his top secret science projects. Uh, but after starting a lemonade stand, he discovers his brand new next door neighbor is doing the same thing. Also up is uh, Quinn Credible Quest to Be the Best. Uh, <laughs> that's going to come out in February. Uh, it follows Quentin West after a meteor shower dubbed the event left him with the power of invulnerability. Uh, and so basically they are reformatting Quinn Credible to be uh, trim size and it's going to feature an updated logo and design and the series is moving from single issues to graphic novels. Mm, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Camp Whatever, Volume 1. So the description for this one says that there's more than mosquitoes at this creepy summer camp as hard-of-hearing teen Willow and friends go head-to-head -head with supernatural scares and a mystery involving her family's past at the camp, uh, at the camp begins to unfold. But yeah, also included is going to be Martian Ghost Centaur, uh, The Hazards of Love, and Delicates, which is from the creator of Sheets. So that's going to be good. Ooh. Yeah, I saw that it's a sequel to Sheets. Yes. <gasps> you have my attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm stoked. Uh, Silver Sprocket announced that they are taking over the distribution of uh, Hazel New Levin's self-published titles, Comics for Choice, Chainmail Bikini, and Sugartown. Um, so that's awesome. So Valiant Entertainment is launching Valiant Voices. It's a new monthly internet series on Valiant's YouTube channel that's all about picking the brains of comic creators, comic press, and many more about why they love comics. Uh, so up first is a uh, debut interview with Comic Pop's uh, Sal and Tiffany. So the YouTube duo reveal their comic book reading origin stories and discuss what makes the Valiant universe unique. Uh, that sounds really awesome and fun as well. So a few things to review tonight. Uh, first up, now these are all out October 14th from Oni Press. Uh, the first one is Dead Dudes. It is by Christopher, Sabella, Ben Sears, Ryan Hill, and Warren Wusinich. Uh, so the Ghost Bros is a ghost hunting TV show. Ratings are slumping, so the show gets canceled, but not before uh, filming at a super haunted prison. Too bad uh, the Ghost Bros get killed and become ghosts themselves. <laughs> um, I'm about halfway through this book, and it's a lot of fun. It's um, I like how I, I like the humor of it, how it kind of parodies not only ghost shows but like reality tv in general um but uh but yeah it's also it's like it's it's a good book for halloween but it's not a super scary book for halloween um also it kind of like has a different take on how ghosts like react with each other which i thought mm -hmm. was interesting. um matt i know you got a chance to read some of it what'd you think yeah, I have not gotten, I'm about mm, a little over halfway, um, but I'm definitely at the point now where I want to know what happens, um, because one of my favorite things about this is the little bit of, I guess, infighting that happens between the different ghost hunting shows and their crews. Um, like, you know, and, and not just the, the crews, but like the different channels that sponsor, you know, said different shows. Yeah, I, I like where this is going. Um, I will say the art style is not 100% my favorite. Um, it's a little, I don't know. Campy? Yeah, mm -hmm. but I mean, I kind of guess that's what it's going for. Um, 
and I mean, I can't even tell you the last time I heard, you know, dude and bro this many times <laughs> in, in quick succession. So, um, I don't know. It's fun. I'm ready to finish this to see how this all, um, you know, plays out. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Tabitha, I, you started it. What are your thoughts so far? Okay. So Lydia, hear me out. You're going to, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Do you remember, I think it's season two, it might be season one of Supernatural, where they end up with the ghost facers, and they're like, yes, ghost facers, we face ghosts. Like, that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> and like, that's what I'm hearing their voices as, as I'm reading is those three dudes. And I'm only like 20 pages into this, but like, that's, I can't picture anything else in my head besides those guys. And it's making it much it's making it a better experience, I think, than if I was just reading it without those voices in my head. Um, I don't like dude bro humor, and there's a lot of that in here. Um, the The humor that is like the ghost humor is great, but like the dude bro humor, I'm kind of like, go away. Like, this kind of reads like a Will Ferrell movie with ghost. Um, yeah. Uh, so... I'm, I'm probably not going to finish it. It's just not my thing. It's not making me laugh like I thought it would. Uh, so I think it's just, I think it's just not for me and my sense of humor, which is more dark than toilet. <laughs> <laughs> what about a dark toilet? I don't know. I'm one and we'll see. <laughs> Catlin accepted. I mean, at least a dark <laughs> toilet would be easy to clean. That is actually incorrect. Yeah, my mom. Ask Matt's mom. They have a black toilet. They do have a black toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so next up is... He's so mad at us. <laughs> Love you, so next... mom. <laughs> so next up is the vein number one. Uh, it is by Elliot Ruhal, uh, Emily Pearson, Fred C. Uh, Stressing, and Crank. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read this. Matt and Tabitha, I know you did, so uh, I'm going to kind of hand the reins over to you. So the way that this started, right off the bat, 100% in, takes place in, what, 1941, mm -hmm. starts in Chicago, is, like, mobster, noir feel to it. Um, <clears throat> like, right off the bat, it reminded me of, and I can't, I, I was racking my brain this afternoon trying to think about it, and there was a series it was a short-lived series. It was like 12 or 13 issues that was written by Ed Brubaker that was like his take on a noir mystery. And it was, it was dark. It was fantastic. Um, and this kind of reminded me of that to start with. And then it twisted. And then it got kind of gory. And then it got dark. And I'm like, ooh, okay. All, all of this going on at the same time as World War II is kicking off. Um, I really want to see where this goes because it was where I ended up at the end of the first issue is not at all where I started, but I'm here for the ride. Tim, did you get a chance to read it? I did. Uh, this is speculative World War II fiction and I am here for it. Like <laughs> I am usually not great about reading the single issue comics that we get because they don't get any backstory and they just kind of dump me off into the middle of the world I don't understand. You know what world I do understand? World War II. Like <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a historical point that I could like lock into and like also added all this like 
modern kind of horror mm. fiction into it because it reads like an early 2000s horror movie on like some levels and then on the others it's like reading a historical fiction novel like it's incredible like hi i didn't know i needed j edgar hoover in my vampire fiction but here we are um <laughs> like i love this like i want more i've saved the date when the next one's coming hopefully we get it like this this is my jam like if all single issue comics gave me a lock on point in American history where I could figure things out. We would be money. I would be reading all of the comic books. Like the art is great. There's like this sassy humor. There's this like detective fiction noir mm. thing going on. There's like representation. They're in my favorite city for part of it. Like they're traveling. We get like these World War II broadcast, like I said, J. Edgar Hoover popped up in my comic book. Like, this was great. Like, this is probably one of my favorite single issue comics that we've read. And it's October 1st, and I got to read vampire fiction. Like, okay, perfect. <laughs> Good timing. So last up is Frankie and the Creepy Cute Critters. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> um, it is by Caitlin Rose Boyle. Uh, so Frankie Ferry and her mom move to a new town. Uh, at a new school, Frankie struggles to make new friends until she meets some creepy critter friends. Uh, this book was cute. It was short. Um, it, I really like kind of like the message of, you know, how scary it can be when you're at a new school and you don't know anybody. Uh, and you know, what happens when those kids don't like you at first and how to get those kids to like you. Uh, what did you guys think? I loved this. This was so cute. Like, I identified with Tiny Frankie. Like, she's too smart for her own good. And she's like, okay, I'm new here. Here's a pamphlet all about me. Like, that is 100% <laughs> something Tiny Tabitha would have done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also I loved all the critters she met and how it's like the message of even though they're creepy and spooky doesn't mean they're bad. Possums don't get rabies just so everybody knows they're just really cute and helpful and they eat all the bad bugs. Um, <laughs> and like she was scared of the mosquitoes and same. Um, like, <laughs> I just, this was super adorable. Like it was educational because like you got to see into her little field like diary about like her adventure and like it had like educational stuff in it but also like cute stuff and i don't know i loved this like i thought this was just this was perfect matt what about you i really enjoyed this um this kind of like Bane was definitely not what i expected when i started this i didn't read anything about it i just kind of jumped into it to read um and the art style was a little there were some points where it was almost a little busy for me, um, I, I mean, I get that it's like bright primary colors because it's kid oriented. So it's like meant to help hold their attention. Um, but by the time I got done with this, this is another one of those where I, I want to share this with my boys. Like, I think that the lessons that are taught and the, like, the, the nature information that goes along with it is just it, it's just fantastic um overall it's it's well-rounded it's awesome uh, it, again it's another one of those oni press books that teaches a great lesson that like needs to be taught 
but without being heavy handed about it. Yeah, like none of the Oni Press, like what I would consider educational, like graphic novels or comics have been like preachy. Yeah. Like they're just like you learn by reading. There's no like in your face, hi, you're learning something. It's just you're learning as you go with the story. And I think that's really cool. All right, guys, let's get into some butt reaction. Oof, gut reaction. Did you say butt reaction? (laughs) (laughs) I am fighting a seasonal cold, okay? You still said butt react. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole different sound. Yeah. Well. I mean, some of the things we talk about sometimes do kind of stink. (laughs) Especially especially what's up first for gut reaction. Um, Y'all threw in some scary trailers and I felt left out. So I threw in a scary trailer of my own. We got the first trailer for Borat 2. Um, and I'm not even going to bother to mention, like, to get into the subtitle or whatever. Um, I hated this. <laughs> I didn't like the first one. I feel kind of bad that I made you guys watch the trailer for this one. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's cringeworthy. Um, I hate the fact that it's going to be on Amazon Prime. It makes me... You know, like, Jeff Bezos can have all my money, that's fine, but the fact that Amazon Prime is getting is putting this on and giving this to the world. That's what makes me want to dump Amazon. Uh, (laughs) Thumbs down. Hardcore thumbs down. Lydia. Yeah, I dislike you a lot for making me watch this. (laughs) Because, like I said when we talked about this last time, I never saw the first one. I don't want to see the first one, but every trailer I saw for the first one made me, like, such secondhand embarrassment. It's not even funny. This was not any better. In fact, I'd probably say it was worse. Like, we didn't need one of these. We don't need two of these. Just bury it in a grave somewhere and leave it alone. Thumbs down. Uh, Matt? Uh, I don't hate you nearly as much because I didn't get to watch this trailer. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Right, exactly. Um, and as much as I was he-he entertained by the first one, there's no need for this at all. Um, Amazon Prime or not, this is a thumbs down. Tabitha? I also don't hate you as much because on the grounds that I work with people that are stupid, I refuse to watch something that was also stupid in the middle of being around the people who were stupid. So I didn't, I boycotted because I needed things that made me smarter, not dumber today. And (laughs) wait, uh, I'm literally the only one that watched this thing. I mean, I watched it. You you and Mitch forever because nobody else did it. You two suck. Just so you know. Sucker. See, I have this thing where I do like half of the things Mitch asks me to do. Hey, just there's half. a reason I have I... that employee of the month plaque, okay? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I do half. If I go over 50% for the month, it's too far. And I didn't want to start out the month being over 50%. <laughs> so I take it that's a thumbs down? Uh, yeah, that's a... If I had more than two thumbs, they would be down. <laughs> Uh, Lydia, we got a trailer for uh, Resident Evil. Yeah, so I don't even remember if we talked about this, but apparently there is a Resident Evil uh, show coming to Netflix called Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Um, This was just a teaser trailer, so there wasn't really a whole lot to it, but it does look like the graphics of it look really good. It looks like one of the newer video games, and I'm honestly kind of excited because there there have been times where I've wanted 
that kind of video game aesthetic, but I didn't want to take the time to actually play a game. So that looks like what this is going to be. So I'm excited for more of this. Some thumbs up. Uh, Matt. So as I mentioned, I didn't get to watch any of the trailers this week at all. Um, not even my own. It's coming up here. Just <laughs> forewarned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I knew that we were getting the Resident Evil Netflix series. I was really kind of hoping it was going to be live action instead of animated. Um, but at the same time, as much as I have not played the Resident Evil video games, um, I love the feel of the movies. I love the feel of the games. Um, I love the universe that this is in. So I'm going to sit down and watch this trailer because I am interested in this and I will probably watch it. So thumbs up. Tabitha. So I don't play video games. I watch them. I watch them played by other people because I do not have hand-eye coordination. I just sit there and spin and look at the ceiling. Um, <laughs> so this is perfect for me. This is like watching a video game. So this is actually something I'm excited about. The live-action video game movies, most of the time they suck. Let's get real. This looks like it has the potential to actually be cool because it's going to be super immersive in the world of Resident Evil without it looking like it's trying to be Resident Evil. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving this a thumbs up. Yeah, uh, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I had to look at least twice to make sure that this was a actually a show on Netflix and not a video game because this looked like a video game and that is fantastic to me. I think that that's brilliant. Uh, I don't know a darn thing about Resident Evil outside of that, but um, so I mean I don't know that I'll watch it, but thumbs up. Uh, Tabitha. Uh, the Craft Legacy. So, one of our friends sent me this. Was that last night or the night before? Mm, I think it was last I, night. Yeah, uh, she was like, did you see the Craft trailer? It's out. And I'm like, oh, I kind of forgot that was happening, even though we had already talked about it. So, she sent me the link, and I watched it. And my response to her was, what in the ABC family was that? <laughs> and also... <laughs> Not even David Duchovny could make me watch this movie. And that's saying a lot because I've watched Evolution like 400 times because David Duchovny. Was <laughs> um, David Duchovny, why don't you love me? You know what? That's a great song. <laughs> don't at me. I'm not. <laughs> um, so this movie is coming out October 28th. Already? Yeah. Uh, I remember us talking about it when it came out and everybody giving it a thumbs down because why do we need this? But now that we've seen the trailer, I'm like, I wish I had extra thumbs to give them. Th like, this just looks awful. Like, this literally looks like an ABC Family movie gone wrong. And, like, they, they had me a little bit at the beginning because it's not a remake of the original. It's like a sequel. And, like, some of the original characters show up, quote-unquote, um, in the course of this trailer, but this just looks hokey and terrible. And The Craft is such a good movie. And this just kind of looks like a bastardization of the plot line because it's basically the same thing. And throughout the like throughout the trailer, we see them like directly quote from The Craft no less than three times. And I'm like, no. Like, if you're going to do a remake, do a remake. If you're going to do a sequel, do a sequel. But don't give me the same, like, classic, iconic, like, one-liners from the craft in this trailer. I don't want it. I want this to go away. I want this to end up on Netflix so I can hate watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've seen the original craft. I don't remember a thing about the original craft. Uh, I... 
I don't know how I feel about this trailer. Like, and it was almost like, cause there, there's a, there's a period joke in there and that left a bad taste in my mouth. And, um, you could have, you could have phrased that better, but we're going to let it go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like outside of that, like I didn't hate the trailer. It was kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, this is clearly not for me, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, but especially what you were kind of saying, Tabitha, I mean, if it is kind of like a weird hybrid of a remake and a sequel, that's that's weird, and I don't really like that, so thumbs down. Lydia? Yeah, I agree with Tabitha. Like, it looks like a bad, like, ABC or Hallmark movie or something. Like, there was no, there was no soul to this. Like, it was just some bad teeny bopper, like, almost remake, like she said, and I, I just cannot get behind it. I, I'm done. I'm good. Thumbs down. My bed is very comfortable and I don't want to sleep on the couch. I've never seen the original. Thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> we had this conversation last night where I got real mad that I've seen the craft. <laughs> um, Matt, you also gave us uh, the trailer for Hellstrom. I did. Um, so Hulu is going to be premiering this month as part of their Huluween. Um, I hate that. <laughs> I love that. I, I mean, honestly, though, I had a story that I was going to share that was like the entire list of all the stuff that they were releasing for Halloween. Oh, stop and saying I, Halloween! <laughs> and I, I, I feel like that's it. something Mitch would come up with. That's why he likes it. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch does. Um, so, Hellstrom is an MCU project premiering on Hulu. Um, its synopsis is a the, as the sun and daughter of a mysterious and powerful serial killer, Hellstrom follows Damon and Anna Hellstrom and their complicated dynamic as they track down the most, the worst, the worst of humanity, each with their own attitude and skills. Additional cast members include Elizabeth Marvel, Robert Wisdom, Ariana Guerra. Why am I going? Um, 10 episodes are going to premiere on Friday, October 16th. Um, I, like the idea of this i have not read the comic um but like a dark mcu type show feels like it follows the vein of the old netflix ones so on the idea and the premise and when i get to watch the trailer thumbs up <laughs> yeah i also didn't get to watch this trailer because i was too busy worried about my own stuff um but i like the idea of a dark mcu show because i feel like like we don't get dark MCU stuff yeah. for the most part. Like for the most part, our MCU stuff is like that campy humor, Joss Whedon style kind of thing, which is fine. That's how I like my MCU stuff. But if they can do it well and it not turn out like a DC film, like, okay, give it to me. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I dug this trailer. It's not usually my cup of tea, but I was, I was like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool with this. So thumbs up. Lydia. I'm not going to lie. I had never heard of this before. I'm, so I was surprised to even see that it was a, an MCU thing. But yeah, this trailer looked creepy and suspenseful and I'm very interested in seeing this. So definite thumbs up. Uh, Lydia, you've got some news on Hawkman casting. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I have is just who they're, they're casting. Um, but for the black Adam movie that is starring Dwayne Johnson, they have announced <laughs> that, Aldous Hodge is going to be joining the cast as Carter Hall, also known as Hawkman. And that's about all I've got. 
say there's like nothing else to this. It's just, hey, he got cast. So, I mean, just the fact that Hawkman is going to be in something piqued my interest. And I definitely think he can pull this character off. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Matt. Um, so I really didn't know basically anything about Hawkman until I read uh, the Dark Knight's Metal, the <laughs> crossover, the, the event from huh. DC. Um, got me a lot of information on Hawkman. I like the character. He's one of those that I want more information about. <clears throat> the idea of including him in, like bringing him into the DCEU, especially at a, like a like an op, like a foil to uh, Johnson's Black Adam, um, I think is going to be really cool. Um, I, I recognize all this Hodge, but I don't really know what else he's been in. Um, also, because I have a man crush on The Rock um, and I follow him on social media, The Rock posted the basically the phone conversation that he had with Aldous Hodge as he called Aldous Hodge to let him know that he got this part. And it's fantastic. Like, he calls and Hodge is like, no, man, stop, stop, stop screwing around. Who is this? He's like, <laughs> this, this is The Rock. Like, I'm calling you. Like, no, 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 no. No, don't, don't be playing with me, yo. He's like... <laughs> That's amazing. Like, yeah. And he's like, no, really. You had, he's like something about how, like, I love the work that you do. I think this is going to be great. I'm excited to see what you do as Hawkman. And he's like, huh? What? Uh, hold on. And I guess like in the description, Rock is like, he's like, uh, Hodge puts down phone. Inaudible screaming in the background. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in for this. I think this is going to be cool. So thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, he read me this, like, conversation between those two at, like, 6.30 in the morning one day. I was so excited about it that I was not awake. Um, <laughs> so, thumbs up for The Rock's excitement, which makes Matt excited, which sounds weird, but here we are. <laughs> Matt's just been crushed by The Rock. It's okay. Um. <laughs> he wouldn't even be mad. No. Nope. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, I again, kind of like what Matt was saying, like, I knew about Hawkman before Dark Knight's Metal, um, but that's where I really kind of knew more about the character, and I've been kind of slowly learning more about the character since. Uh, so I'm excited to see him in a DCEU movie. Uh, I don't really know anything about the actor, but I'm, I'm here for it. Thumbs up. So, guys, we're getting another Nick Cage movie. So, <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu will be released on November 20th. I'm going to read this description, this synopsis, <laughs> Uh, I, I can't do this justice, so I'm just reading this word for word. So the movie centers on an ancient order of ancient jujitsu fighters fa uh, facing fearsome alien invaders in a battle for Earth every six years. Nicolas Cage's character and his team of jujitsu fighters band together to defeat the Brax. Um, I... There's too much going on here. Nick Cage, jujitsu, aliens, six years, thumbs down. Lydia. Yeah, first of all, Nick Cage and jujitsu just do not belong in the same sentence. Second of all, where do aliens come into this? Third of all, why do we need this? Thumbs down. <laughs> Matt. Uh, I'm so confused how <coughs> Nicolas Cage is going to play Nicolas Cage in this film. <laughs> because like he only plays one character, kind of like Keanu Reeves. Um, but in how's he gonna play Nicolas Cage doing jujitsu against aliens? Thumbs down. Tabitha. 
I didn't think I needed anything less than I needed the craft remake. But now I need this less than I need the craft remake. <laughs> so, um, thumbs down. I'm just, <laughs> that was a lot of words. None of them belong together. P tiny, puny human brain can't compute. Like, I just, what? No. It sounds like the thing that we would be using like an older Bruce Lee for if he was alive, but he's not. So we're using Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that's your yeah. best option. <laughs> I know, but that's what they thought. The cast do it around. So uh, it's been announced that Barry Jenkins is going to direct the follow-up to 2019's Lion King. Uh, no release date or details on when production will start. Uh, the story is going to further explore the characters as well as include Mufasa's origin story. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I know that I have the unpopular opinion of liking 2019's Lion King. Uh, so I like the idea that it's going to be different because we haven't really gotten an animated sequel to the movie. Yes, we got a direct to, D, you know, direct to VHS version or a sequel to Lion King, but not an actual sequel to Lion King. So I'm interested to see it. So yeah, to totally. Thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, I did not enjoy the 2019 <laughs> remake. I think it is awful. And they don't need to do anything further with that they, they just need to let it die because there is a Lion King 2 and it is amazing and they just they, leave, leave Lion King alone please <laughs> no I don't care who's doing it thumbs down Matt um, I mean at least this one's an original story unlike the 2019 movie which was like a shot for shot remake um, so thumbs sideways Tabitha you know, I can't watch it because it's going to make me cry. So it doesn't, I have no opinion. I'm not allowed to watch The Lion King, the animated version. I'm surely not allowed to watch the quote unquote live action CGI one, let alone a Mufasa. Like, no, like everyone's going to die. Like, I can tell you that already. Thumbs <laughs> down. Stop it, Disney. <laughs> See, I'm just scared because, like, they already tried to expand on The Lion King, like, universe isn't the right word but like they tried to expand on that with lion guard and they have they failed miserably with that just let the originals be what they are and leave it alone uh matt you're playing with some black widow barbies um maybe not me but they're available if you want them um which honestly i think this is actually super cool that um marvel studios is tuning up yeah Teaming up? I, I can't word. It's just, you know, call it quits. Um, they Marvel Studios is teaming up with Barbie, and they are going to be releasing two collectible Black Widow Barbies. Black um, Widow Barbies. Uh, the Black <laughs> Widow in the black suit is going to be available on Amazon. Black Widow in the white suit in the upcoming movie is going to be ex uh, exclusive to Barbie.com. Um, each doll is basically like your classic Barbie, uh, as far as height and such goes. Um, but they're going to have, you know, the weapons and gadgets and things that Black Widow is synonymous with. Um, I think this is a great idea. I think it's fantastic that they're going to, even if it's only available through the website, 
um, to have this available as opposed to just like those generic figures. I think this is a great idea for all kids to be able to get these and be able to have their heroine to be able to play with, you know, and bust bad guys. I thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, like I've like I had a lot to say about Barbie in college. I did like lots of research papers on how damaging Barbie was. Um but Barbie's come a long way and this just like furthers like Mattel and like the Barbie industry. Like they're they're doing good things because they realize they've done bad things in the past and that's awesome. Like embrace the bad stuff you did and make it better. Like go Barbie. This is great. Thumbs up. Um, I've got to go thumbs sideways on this. Um, one, the price point for these dolls, they're 50 bucks a piece. Um, two, I don't know, like, I just kind of feel like, you know, the, the backlash or whatever that, uh, that came what I think it was during Infinity War when there weren't any Black Widow action figures when you had all the other characters, you know, things like that. So it's like, on the one hand, cool for them for giving Black Widow, you know, that opportunity to to be a toy or whatever, but it's a Barbie. I mean, I don't know. I I hope that we get more than just these Barbie dolls in terms of merchandising for the character, but uh I think it's I think it's a good start. So, thumb sideways, Lydia. I agree that there should have already been a lot more like merchandise for her character as it was, but I really like that they're doing this and they're bringing more like badass females to the Barbie mm-hmm. community. And not only that, but yes, it's a steep price tag, but there's a lot of people that are going to be looking at this as a collectible rather than just a toy. So that's really not that bad for that. Plus the other thing, looking at this doll, like it actually kind of looks like Scar Joe, which really- is like, that's not something that happens a lot with, things like this like it usually just looks like a really crappy rendition of whatever this character is supposed to be so the fact that it that even resembles her is amazing so i'm gonna go thumbs up uh so samuel l jackson is returning as nick fury for a show on disney plus um no other details on uh what the series will be about or what uh um what period in nick fury's life you know this show will focus on uh, I'm giving it a mostly thumbs up, a little bit of thumb sideways, only because like part of me wishes that this was like on Hulu or something so that Samuel L. Jackson can drop the F-bomb that we all want him to. Uh, <laughs> but still, I'm here for more Nick Fury. Lydia? Yeah, definitely thumbs up. I, I, I agree with you. I wish we could get that F-bomb from him, but hey, I'll take more Nick Fury. <laughs> Matt? Uh, I'm just going to second everything said so far. Thumbs up on this. <laughs> Tabitha? Yeah, I... I, I love a backstory. I need a shirt that says <laughs> I love a backstory um, that I can wear every week. Um, this sounds this sounds great. Nick Fury is one of my favorite like sassy heroes. So yeah, thumbs up. And I know we're running real short on time, so I don't want to get too involved in this conversation. But Tabitha, like, if we ever get to a point where we're making merchandise, I think that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like we can we all have shirts with, like, our quotes on them or something like that, you know? The quote on the front and just the logo on the back. Yeah. We got it. So, I mean, we have uh, talked about that before. Yeah. Like, I have a note somewhere about something like this. Right. <clears throat> so, 
can make it happen. Yeah, we can make that happen. Fairly, <laughs> probably like 10 bucks a shirt. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Uh, Matt, you've got our last story for gut reaction. And uh, we're waking up with uh, Freddy Keurig. I mean, Kruger. <laughs> yeah, this story kind of confuses me, but because it seems just in general like irony. Um, but Robert England is working with a company called Dead Sled Coffee um, to roll out a Robert England's Nightmare Blend. Uh, it's a new coffee themed off of his role as Freddy Krueger. It's it's right now and it's a, in a pre-order, but it's going to run. The, the pre-order is going to run for two weeks, ending October twelfth, and then the coffee will be available after that. Um, I don't know. I haven't gotten a whole lot of chance to look into this, and as much as I kind of hate the irony of Freddy Krueger coffee. I kind of love it at the same time. So I need more coffee in my life. So thumbs up. Speaking of someone who lives in the house with Matt's coffee hoard, we don't need more coffee. Um, <laughs> but I also kind of want this just for the irony involved. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I ain't paying the hundred bucks for the pre-order, even though you get like other stuff with it. I ain't doing that. But if I see a bag of it at Hy-Vee or something like that, sure, I'll buy a bag. Uh, Lydia. <laughs> Yeah, so I just recently saw Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time, like the past few months. I love the irony of this. I want this even just to like have the bag. So I don't care if the coffee's bad or not. I just want it. Thumbs up. Um, a couple more stories. Tabitha, let's talk about um, what some writers are doing to support uh, trans and uh, non-binary folks. So we all know J.K. Rowling sucks. Um, (laughs) uh, Like a couple of days ago, like a bunch of like prominent, like literary names got together and like put their signatures together, like stating their support for transgender and non-binary people. Um, Like there's a long list of authors, obviously. Uh, Most notably for me is Patrick Ness, who's one of my all-time favorite authors. Um, it states that non-binary lives are valid, trans women are women, trans men are men, trans rights are human rights. Um, I'm just going to read like an excerpt from the letter and then we can all just carry on and we can pretend that, you know, JK Rowling doesn't exist so we can stop giving her money. Um, culture is and should always be at the forefront of societal change and as writers, editors, agents, journalists, and publishing professionals, we recognize the vital role our industry has in advancing and supporting the well-being and and rights of trans and non-binary people. So, including J.K. Rowling's statement, if sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased, which is trash. Again, as we know, um, I think it's great that other people in the writing community and in the book community are coming together to combat this because we're, we're running into with JK Rowling, like I'm seeing things. I'm like, Oh my God, I kind of want that. But like, I am, I'm at the point where I can't, I can't give this person who is just generally a trash human being that doesn't stand up for anything that like her characters made me believe she stood up for um, any more money and the writing community coming together being like, hi, we as a group don't agree with her. Like 
that's incredible. Like you've had some celebrities stand up for her and whatever, but like the book community is brokenhearted and this helps. Like we need more of this. And this, this just brought a smile to my face because this is what we need right now. We need people to react in a positive manner. Uh, Lydia, let's talk about henchmen. So there is a Kickstarter right now for henchmen story, a super villain visual novel. It is a basically like a pick your own, choose your own story type game uh, where you play as a beleaguered henchman for a bumbling supervillain. It says it's thankless work week in and week out. You put on your purple spandex and get the crap beaten out of you by a bunch of stronger, much cooler people wearing much fancier spandex, but the <laughs> check's clear and Lord Bedlam offers healthcare. So a job's a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> say there are a handful of colorful characters and um, I actually know one of the voice actresses in this uh, game for the, in this Kickstarter. Um, so just seeing something like that was really cool. Um, they currently have a um, goal of $15,000 and they are at uh, 5,653 and they have 27 days left. Um, and they have a demo on the Kickstarter that you can play too. So it looks really cute. And it is actually made by some people that have some uh, decent game creds already because uh, things like Outer Worlds, Lone Echo, and Ark Survival evolved. So there's people that know what they're doing with this behind this, and it looks like a lot of fun. Um, what the Kickstarter, uh, the Kickstarter actually has like a cost breakdown, and a lot of the money from the Kickstarter is going to the voice actors. So oh, that's right. cool. That's <clears throat> awesome. So if you get a chance, look it up. It looks really cute. <laughs> All right, guys. We've got time for one more story. Do we want to talk about genetically engineered mosquitoes? Uh, do we want to talk about Burger King trolling McDonald's? Or do we want to talk about Princess Peach's r real husband? I feel like we haven't had a good food story in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Lydia, the last story is yours. What did Burger King do? So apparently on the World Wide Web, if somebody leaves a complaint for a business, just anybody can respond to it. It doesn't have to be that specific business. So what Burger King started doing online is whenever someone would leave a complaint on McDonald's Facebook page, they would respond for them. So... <laughs> they, they said customer service is a big part of the entire guest experience and we haven't been doing a good enough job in taking care of our guests online when addressing this we realize there are even more burger fans out there that deserve a reply we did what we can to help out hoping some flame grill whopper love can help make things better again <laughs> so, this is phenomenal yeah <laughs> like some of the things that they have um responded to was uh, somebody complained, we waited two hours in, a, in McDrive, and they said, well, everyone can have a slow day in fast food. Here's a quick Whopper. <laughs> or, we only got one bun, bun in our Big Mac. And they said, Big Mac convertible? How innovative. Here's a two-bun Whopper. <laughs> so basically, they just responded to every complaint on McDonald's Facebook page with a coupon for a free Whopper so that people <laughs> would go to Burger King get food instead this is brilliant that's great marketing i love that so hard 
That's like almost better than like when Wendy's is sassy online. <laughs> like, oh my God. Wendy's is always sassy online. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently That's they even shared a video of some of the responses that they did to its their Facebook page and said, McDonald's, it's not spam. We're just trying to help. I <laughs> 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 love that. Yeah. That's the rivalry is great already. And just the fact that they're like, hey, here you go. Have some free food. Ignore <laughs> them. <laughs> I mean, has anyone ever gone to McDonald's and gotten the correct order? Like, isn't that just the thing? Like, you go there and you get the wrong order. Like, I mean, I feel, and granted, like, it's not like I go there every day anyway. Like, fast food in general, it's pretty few and far between for me. But it's like, it's rare that I get the order messed up. I, like, I'm usually, I usually get it pretty right on. Well, maybe it's just how I talk. I mean, I haven't had McDonald's in probably over a year, probably. Oh, definitely over a year. Because the last time we had it was when we moved in here, and we've been here over a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't had McDonald's in over a year, but they messed up that order. <laughs> they did. For the, they most, did. <laughs> for the most part, I think, like, the biggest issue I have with pretty much any fast food place is, like, if you ask for no lettuce, you still get lettuce on your burger or whatever it is. So uh, onion. I think, like I think every fast food place messes something up every now and then, but just the fact that they like saw an opportunity and took it, like props to them. Yeah. Props to the Burger King marketing team. Right. That would be a Whopper I would enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a free Whopper is always the best Whopper. Also, Agreed. on behalf of Burger King, if we can get Burger King sponsored here, like Burger King's veggie burger is like the best fast food burger i've ever had in my entire oh, like life the impossible one? no oh. like they're veggie like just oh. their plain old veggie burger top tier top tier fast food everyone should eat it hashtag not sponsored hashtag <laughs> could be if could be. anyone's paying attention <laughs> we should complain on mcdonald's facebook page and see if we can get a sponsorship from burger king out of it <laughs> well at least get a free whopper coupon i guess that's good <laughs> I'm trying to get it. So a quick programming note uh, before we uh, say our goodbyes here, we're not going to have a regular show next week, but I do have something really cool for you. So uh, comic book author, Frank Gogol has recently announced a follow-up to dead end kids. It's dead end kids to the suburban job. Uh, I t uh, had a talk with him a couple weeks ago. So you're going to get that. It's a fun interview. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for you all to hear that. That said, that is all the time that we have for this uh, episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, like I said, we'll kind of be back next week, but definitely back the week after that. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, where, we'll be, where we'll be posting news throughout the week. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, from everybody here at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody, say bye. 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 bye.